Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Every Day Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Every Day Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. We were just talking about masks, and um, so uh, I got to go into a bunch of places over the weekend where you didn't have to wear a mask. They still had signs on the door. I went to a few places where they mandated the mask, and you know what? I'll take my business elsewhere. You get to do what you want. I get to do what I want. Fair but, enough. Um, uh, every business in where I live still had a sign in the door. It said, we recommend masks, but it said recommend. Um, and so I didn't wear one, but practically everybody was wearing a mask. Easily 75% of the people in all these businesses were wearing a mask. But wow. <laughs> my question is, and go ahead, I don't care, wear a mask the rest of your life. It really has no effect on me. I'm, I'm, I have no problem with you wearing a mask. Doesn't make any difference to me. But I don't want to have to wear one. Um... But why does it feel so good? That I, I'm honestly trying to figure out psychologically why I feel so incredibly free to not have to wear a mask. I was just listening to some NPR as I drove to work, and uh, they had somebody on there making the argument that you've heard a lot of, it's, it's such a small thing to do. And if it helps not spread the disease to somebody else, it's such a minor gesture to wear a mask. Why are people fighting this? Why are people tying freedom to this? It seems crazy to me, said the NPR people. And I know, you know, half the country, I guess, or whatever percentage of the country feels that way. But I am actually trying to figure out in my own brain, why does it feel so good to walk into the grocery store without a mask on? Do you know? 
I'm tempted to answer that because uh, for millions of years, human beings have breathed air without masks on their faces. Don't worry about why it feels good, because it's supposed Could to. Could be. Because you're be. supposed to be able to breathe without obstruction. As a beast, there's something in your brain says my breathing's been obstructed. Huh. I, I don't, you know, I can't do any better than that. I will just tell you, you know, I, I travel some. I'm about to take a golf trip with the fellas. I despise wearing the mask for hours on end. Uh, that's why I get so militant talking about the kids unnecessarily masked in schools, because if I have to travel for one day, I freaking hate it. Yeah. Part of it's that I wear glasses, so, you know, yep. I, I can either yep. see or I can breathe normally. Or I can, you know, fake it and kind of hike my mask up so it's not doing anybody any good, which, you know, practically doesn't matter anyway, unless I'm wearing a fresh N95 mask perfectly fitted every single day. Uh, anyway. I think we probably underestimate also for our brains not being able to see people's faces. Right. Uh, it's absolutely, it's undeniable. Your Children brain... are, are being oh, abused. I can't think about it because it makes me I know. sad and angry. I know. Uh, sangry. Um, what you're doing to kids? Why are you doing this to children? You can't keep back them it up. safe. You to keep them safe. You, Always go safety. Ahead, go ahead, back it up with the science. Feel free. Call, email, send us your science that backs it up. But anyway, I can't get off on that topic. I, I'll bet our brains are just because we want input. Ninety percent of communication is nonverbal. Our brain is screaming for input when somebody is talking to us or just approaching us. We're trying to figure out friend or foe. Are they going to attack me? Is that somebody or no? Our brain is screaming, just working so hard to try to get input, and it can't get the most important input from the face. And it's got to be tiring over time, doesn't it? And stressful, sure. Yeah, it's a stress that we don't like. You don't completely recognize, but it's got to be there. I don't know. I just I know a lot of you live. You're I know a lot of you are probably saying. What the hell are you talking about? We haven't worn masks in a year here. Right. But um, where I live, it's uh, it was brand new this week, and um, it just, I can't believe how good it felt. Yeah. And the fact that these little centers of America, these little pockets and, and schools, most tragically, are clinging to masks when the rest of the country practically has abandoned them with almost no ill effects. Although, I will tell you this, we are still losing a couple thousand people a day, yep. almost in almost every single one of them unvaccinated. Yep. You can avoid that. Get vaccinated. Yeah, and I know some of you disagree, and that's fine. I, I, I'm not angry that somebody disagrees with me, and I, I would encourage you to uh, to drop that habit, too. Uh, these are fevered times. I get that. But, you know, I have a number of friends who are doctors, health professionals, and they are all to a one staunch conservatives. I mean staunch. And every single one of them, without exception, says, oh, yeah, get it as soon as you can. It's good. It's safe. It's fine. Um, so, you know, believe what you want to believe. Ah, but the kids absolutely unleash the kids. Anyway, enough said. We'll hit you with the latest Russia-Ukraine stuff here in a little bit, because there is news breaking like every five minutes around that, but stay tuned. Also, uh, in terms of politics and left and right and blue and red, people are self-segregating. Moving patterns are getting really, really interesting. We'll talk about that in a moment, but please, it's President's Day. How about a little presidential trivia? Come on! I've been wanting to do this the whole show, but Jack doesn't love America, and he keeps putting it off. I don't love presidents. I don't love presidents. Do you love George Washington, the only American president to be unanimously elected? Hmm? I do love George Washington. Did you know Chester A. Arthur was nicknamed Elegant Arthur because of his fashion sense? <laughs> I did not know that. Is he the one that never got married? Who, who never got married? Ah, uh, 
I, and, and, yeah. and in retrospect, we're uh, we're assuming he was a, a gay man, which is yeah. Funny. Was it Chet Arthur? It may have been. I don't know. It's either him or the other guy, the gay one. Franklin Pierce was the first president to have a Christmas tree in the White House. All right. <laughs> Here, here's how we up the ante. All right. You're obviously in a mood. I'll see if I can work around it. Let's do it in quiz form. Okay. So there quiz you go. form. Jack, I will be the quiz master. You are the contestant. Play along in your car or at home if you like. Jack, which of the first 12 presidents was the first to not own slaves? It's easy if you think about John it. John Adams. John Adams, that's right. He was a he was a northerner. But four of the first five and eight of the first twelve or something like that, all were slave owners, uh, which is something. And the last president to own a slave or more. This one's really interesting. George, I would have got this wrong. Bush Senior. <laughs> I was going to say Gerald Ford. Gerald Michael, do Ford? we not? Gerald Ford's a funnier <laughs> answer. I wish I'd have thought of that, Michael. Gerald Ford's funnier. Uh, do we not have the buzzer? Where's the buzzer? Uh, that's Gerald a wrong answer. <laughs> They're both pretty funny. They oh, made me God. laugh. Uh, the last to own a slave was Ulysses S. Grant. Right. Well, he I'd in- forgotten that. inherited from his, uh, his when he got married. Right. And then freed him. Freed the guy. Right. Right. Uh, and, and finally this. Let's end on a real downer. Uh, who was the first president to die in office? Anybody? Somebody? Anybody? Art Vandalay. Art Vandalay, that's correct. No, William Henry Harrison. Mm. I can never keep him and McKinley straight. Which, McKinley got shot. Harrison died of the flu, right? Correct. Okay. Like it like it matters. It, it, like, like it's critical as an American to understand that some people died of the flu back in the day and one of them happened to be a president. We were complaining about the change schools made about President's Day since we were kids. Uh, having a day to uh, celebrate Washington separately or Lincoln separately, perfectly legit. 100%. Uh, but not only do you water down the Washington and Lincoln's memory by having President's Day, it's just, we shouldn't, and I know we've talked about this a lot, but we shouldn't put so much emphasis on the freaking president. He's the leader of one of the branches. That's it. Um, I like Jonah Goldberg always says that we should pronounce it president. It's the person who presides over the government currently. And then that's it. it quit making such a big deal out of it. That's a beautiful um, dream. Yeah. I, I've, I'm halfway through the autobiography of uh, Calvin Coolidge, and he would agree with that. I mean, mm-hmm. he did agree with that. He's the only president that shrunk the size of government. The, 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 it's just it's sickening. I, because people want a king, I guess. Well, Jack, if we went with your bizarre point of view, you wouldn't learn that William McKinley was the first president to campaign by telephone. Mm, there you go. Vote for there me. You there you go. Uh, uh, getting back to the Hoover thing, and it's worth uh, knowing this, because I remember being struck by this piece of knowledge when it first struck me. Historians near universally, when they're ranking the great presidents, it's almost entirely on how much power the president took and exercised, whether he grew the power of the presence, presidency or like Hoover, the insane Hoover, thought presidents Coolidge. had too much uh, Coolidge. Yeah, I'm sorry. Well, Hoover was a similar bent, actually, but uh, Coolidge actually believed the president had too much power, that the, the country was not designed that way. Quaint by modern standards, but I appreciate the effort anyway. But guys like Coolidge and Hoover are, are, are looked 
upon as, oh, weak presidents. Just not impressive at all because they didn't try to seize more power. Right. Uh, Tim Sandifer was tweeting a lot over the weekend about how much uh, FDR did that he shouldn't have done. And uh, he's regularly held up as one of the great presidents of all time because he did so much. Constitutionally or not, rightly or wrongly, more got more more one person deciding what happens. That's not right. what we want. No, it's ugly. It's mm-hmm. ugly. Yeah, and then you know, and and a lot of presidents these days look at Joe Biden the way he spends. He could take an example from Zachary Taylor, who received <laughs> his nomination for the presidency late because he refused any correspondence that had postage due. There you go. You want to you dominate me? You pay the you you pay for the stamps," <laughs> said Zachary Taylor, American president. Stupid son of a bitch! <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> you need a penny to give me this letter? Well, then you may take it back with you, my postal friend. <laughs> I say, what sort of game are you playing with me? Here? <laughs> the great Zachary Taylor. Hilarious. Boy, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, so Americans are, are increasingly moving to be with people who think like them. Is that bad for the country? Uh, I don't know, actually. That's an interesting one. We'll have to talk about that. we got to give you a little update on what's happening with Ukraine and Russia, as today looks like it's going to be a big day. It was a big weekend, and uh, we'll have the latest on that next. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. We need more fighting Joe Biden. He has to be the leader of the free world right now, making it very clear that we are with Ukraine. In the same way John F. Kennedy said, you know, we are a Berliner. Berliner. Vladimir Putin right now is dominating the news cycle. He's jerking puppet strings all over the world. All we're doing is talking about him. And Biden is seeming small in comparison. What right-winger, Biden-hating guy is that? Well, that's Douglas Brinkley, historian, that if you ever follow his act on MSNBC, super lefty. I think he's one of the historians that went to the White House and told Biden he could be FDR. But anyway, today on MSNBC saying he looked weak, Biden is uh, pulling uh, pulling the strings like a puppet master, and Biden looks small and weak. So. Yeah, I, I know plenty of people uh, thought, uh, gosh, I hope we can survive four years of Trump as a country, and things actually went pretty well in a lot of ways. I hope we can survive however many years of Biden we get, because he does seem very small and very weak. I didn't even know the NBA All-Star game was going on yesterday, did you? No, I, I had no know. idea. Steph Curry was the MVP. Listen to his numbers. He scored 50 points. Hmm. On 17 of 30 shooting, 16 of 27 from three-point land. That's crazy. <laughs> 27 three-pointers. Well, that's what the people came to see. Well, he sh- but he made 16 of them. That's what's amazing. You don't shoot 16 of 27 from three-point land where you're not supposed to. Oh, yeah, that's right. I did the math wrong in my head. Yeah, that's awful good. Yeah, I'd say you should sh- make all your shots from three-point land if you shoot at that percentage. Um. Back to Ukraine briefly. Uh, here's the very latest. Um, Putin has uh, claimed that five Ukrainian soldiers were shot 
having crossed into the Russia side of the border, firing on them. Ukraine denies that. Seems uh, odd that those soldiers would take that upon themselves to do that. Putin's having an emergency meeting of officials to decide whether various eastern regions of Ukraine need to be declared their own areas because uh, uh, the genocide that's going on that he's been claiming now for about a week. Oh, boy. And a couple of dudes in suits uh, went on Russian TV in the last couple of hours claiming um, they they want uh, freedom for their people and they want to be the presidents of the new regions. So that's Putin's game today. He's going to claim he's rescuing people from a genocide whenever he full-on launches this, I guess. We can talk more about that later. I've got well, a lot more details. He's got to explain to those two fellows, we can't just install you as presidents. We have to have a fake vote first. Yeah, come on That's now. All. Yeah, to, to take our time. So I've got a dumb guy financial question to ask in a second, but uh, I'm sure I'll get killed on the text line, and maybe by Joe when I maybe ask I'll him. maybe I'll give you a dumb guy answer. Um, but uh, man, uh, buying a house is expensive. Renting a place is expensive. The rent is too damn high. Uh, rent has gone up a lot, of reaching insane levels all across the United States with no end in sight. Mm. Oh, dang it. My, my young daughter and her young man are uh, looking for an apartment. And, uh, yeah, it's brutal. In the 50 largest U.S. metro areas, median rent rose an astounding 19.3% from December 2020 to December 2021. Year to year, rent up went rent went up nineteen percent. Oh my and god! I'm, I'm sorry. In in what region or the United States? Or? The fifty largest U.S. metro okay. areas. Okay, yeah. So just across the country, if you go with specific areas, for instance, the Miami metro area where it's the worst, the median rent exploded fifty percent higher than the previous year. That's insane. I mean, so if you if you had rent and they were able to raise it, if you weren't locked in somehow, you couldn't live there anymore. You just wouldn't be able to, you got to move. Well, where are you going to move? Because everybody's rent went up 50%. You're going to move into a crappy place and you're going to have five roommates. That's what's going to happen. I don't know. So here's my uh, dumb guy financial question about it because it's all tied into inflation. So I don't know, like, uh, like if you're going to buy a car, for instance, and you were going to get a loan. I um, I uh, fortunately have not had to take out car loans for uh, for quite some time. But uh, if you were going to get a loan on a car and you could still get, you could probably still get like four or 5% interest. Something like that, yeah. Last time I looked, it was like three and a half. I know they've raised... Say you get 4% loan on a car for five years. If inflation is 8%, are you better off getting a loan on the car? Because uh, money's going down at at, at 8% while your loan is 4%? Does that make any sense or not? Or is it the opposite? Well, no, it's not the opposite. I mean, you could make the argument that the best thing you could do is is acquire any assets that you would have acquired anyway during that period. Of course, if you can borrow at 4% and then use the money you would have spent on your car for other things, then, yeah, that's it's, it's not a bad strategy. If you can get cheap money in a time of inflation, get it, uh-huh. is what a lot of people say. Interesting. But, uh, While it's still cheap, they're going to raise interest rates, I think, right. four times this year, so might right. not be cheap much longer. It's more complicated than that. Don't don't like run out and, and make some big financial decision. Buy based a Maserati. On well, you no. don't have one already. Now's right? the time. <laughs> Yikes! Armstrong and Getty.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Well, it started out down a dirty road. What dinosaur is this? Pachycephalosaurus. Good job. What dinosaur is this? This is Potosaurus. A Potosaurus. Which one's this? Tyrannosaurus Rex. Tyrannosaurus Rex. Good job. What about this one? Velociraptor. Velociraptor. Where's the Parasaurolophus? Parasaurolophus. Good job. What about the Plesiosaurus? Plesiosaurus. So smart. You know, and based on my experience as a parent, if you ask them about any of those when they're eight, they won't remember any of them. Mm. 
doesn't mean it's not worthwhile it's to you memorize drill them things. Hard. You got to drill them, drill them, and drill them. But if it's all about memorizing, you can memorize anything, right? I suppose dinosaurs are easy because kids are into dinosaurs, but sure. you could memorize yeah. anything. Boy, did I work hard on pronouncing Parasaurolophus when my kids were small. <laughs> Took me quite a few attempts, as you might imagine. Mm-hmm. So I tend to be a bit mush-mouthed. And you're, um, you know. Well, I had a trung- tongue transplant as a young man. Bit it off in a, uh, well, it was a terrible accident, but... Um, <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> Uh, well, I was atta- attacked by a Parasaurolophus. I don't like to talk about it. It was shocking. Not least because they'd been extinct for millions of years, but there it was. Hey, here's I'm the answer. Home from school. Yes. We got something important, but here's the answer. It was James Buchanan, they believe, was the gay president. Remember, he shared lodgings with William Rufus King, and they were referred to in the press as Miss Nancy and Aunt Fancy. Yes, which is a bit of a wink, isn't it? <laughs> More exciting presidential trivia coming up. So I got a news alert. Uh, NPR was writing about how we're self-selecting and moving to uh, pay, uh, places where people agree with us politically, more or less. Now, because it's NPR, it's written an incredibly condescending, biased, uh, up with liberals uh, point of view. Um, and for some reason, they really focus on like being anti-vax as being conservatism. When I don't think that has anything to do with it, really, except maybe tangentially. Um, but then they finally eventually get to residents have been fleeing states like California with high taxes, expensive real estate and school mask mandates and heading to conservative strongholds like Idaho, Tennessee and Texas. That is undeniable. More than one out of every 10 people moving to Tejas during the pandemic was from California including the Texas A&M University. Uh, most came from Southern California, by the way. Like five of the ten uh, c- counties that, that sent the most people to Texas were in Southern California. One of Sam's uh, best friends moved to Texas. I have several friends that moved to Tennessee. It's really shocking. I mean, more people have moved giant distances mm-hmm. than I've ever remembered in my lifetime. I mean, it's a heck of a thing to pick up and leave and go halfway across the country. Yeah. Yeah, I would multiple people who I know and by multiple, it's two in some cases have headed to Texas. Easy. Uh, definitely Tennessee. I think I know two people who went to Arkansas. I definitely know one mm. um, among other places. Oh, and, and uh, a good pal. Um, maybe I won't say his name. I was about to uh, is, is heading for Tennessee or Kentucky, I think. So anyway. Yeah, well, last one leaving California, please turn out the lights. Actually, there will be plenty of people in California, just different people. So anyway, I found this uh, article kind of interesting. Um, uh, you know, I'm going to skip over in the time we have to a, a study that Larry Sabato or Sabato from the University of Virginia is a frequent guest on various panels and that sort of thing. Um, the UVA Center for Politics, well-respected and the rest of it. Um, and he's talking about super landslide counties. And he's talking about, for instance, more than 20% of the nation's counties gave 80% or more of its two-party presidential votes to either Donald Trump or Joe Biden. About a fifth of the counties in America went 80-20 for one guy or the other. Um, and, and he quotes uh, the, the, the classic book, The Big Sort, which came out 15 years ago about how Americans increasingly are clustering into communities of like-minded folks. Um, the author bumps up the percentage to super, uh, oh, uh, where is that? Oh, this is so confusing. 
Um, anyway, the number of super landslide country, uh, counties has exploded in the last 20 years. It used to be a real rarity. And now, again, it's 20% of our counties. So my biggest question every time I come across stats like that is, why did it not happen before? Why didn't we do that in the past? I, I think it has to do with the answer I always give, that in the past, your political identity was a minor part of your identity. It, it might have been number four, number five, number six, number seven in descriptors you'd use for yourself. Now it's number one for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. They wear their politics on their sleeve, and they're not... You know, they're not uh, as religious. They're not involved in community organizations, whatever. Their politics well, is their team. Okay, so that's presenting it as a, as a negative. How about I present it as a positive? Does this make more sense? Why no. wouldn't you want to live around people that also agree the less government, the better, lower taxes, or the more government, the better? We're all in it together. Let's pay high taxes. Well, if you, if you accept the current politics and the current size and scope of government, then maybe it is a good thing. I think it's, it's a symptom of a, a disease, which is politics has become so intrusive. You used to be able to go days and days without the, dealing with the government at all on any level or even thinking about it. But now it is so intrusive. Maybe this is the inevitable result. It's the, it's the symptom, not the disease. What I like is that both crowds think the other crowd is having to live in the crappy place. And both crowds feel the same way. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Live in Idaho and Tennessee. We'll stay in California, you suckers. And then the other side is saying, stay in freaking California, you sucker. I'm going to be in beautiful Idaho and Tennessee. Well, as has been suggested many times, why don't we just uh, divide up the country? We'll do a little 10-year experiment. I love it. Low regulations, low taxes, more liberty, et cetera. Y'all go crazy. Good luck Uh, with that. Canceling each other, screeching at each other for believing the wrong thing this week. And And, and we'll see who does better. And inevitably running out of other people's money. Yes. Yeah, there's that. Okay, so I got confused. I found the right uh, table. In 2004, the percentage of all uh, counties that were the supermajority, super landslide uh, counties, 6%. Then it was 5% in uh, 2008. Then it was 9.5% in 2012. Then uh, 2016, it was 21%. And in 2020, 22%. Wow. From 6% to 22%, super landslide counties. That is something. Now, you could argue that Trump was such a polarizing figure. If it ends up being, you know, a Larry Hogan, a super moderate Republican versus, I don't know, name a, a moderate, a, a Amy Klobuchar, um, you're one. not going to have nearly as many super landslide sure. counties. Sure. I don't, I don't think, I don't think, but if indeed we are all voting, well, not all of us, but if, if a bunch of us, we Americans are voting with our feet and heading to places where more people agree with us, I don't know. Maybe that, uh, that counterbalances the moderates running. I don't know. It's a different country, though. Yeah. I gotta, Interestingly, I got to uh, for your own personal life, I can see how it would be better to be around people that mostly agree with your point of view. For the country as a whole, I'm I'm not sure that that it is, but I'm, right, but you know, it's just my oh, I, I I think you're right, but again, I think it's the symptom, not the disease. Just uh, one more number for you, well, a couple more numbers, a set of numbers, if you will. Uh, Republican supermajority counties, super landslide counties, numbered 653 to Biden's 32, but of course. The red counties have much lower populations than the handful of super giant urban counties uh, that that lean so hard blue. 
That's always the case with those maps you see where the counties are so many red counties versus blue. Um, didn't get any text on the financial idea. If you got any uh, theories on that, I would be happy to hear it. Text line is 415-295-KFTC. If inflation is going as high as it is, if you can get an interest rate below what inflation is going to be for the next three, four years on a whatever loan, does that make sense? Does it make more sense to do that than to, to, than to pay, out, pay for it outright? Where's my math wrong on that? So I feel like I'm missing something obvious. Hmm. Should you take out a five-year car loan at 4% if inflation is going to be 7% for the next five years, for instance? As opposed to yeah, paying for well, it now. Yeah, yeah. And and honestly, I'm sorry. I was thinking about something else, but I'll engage. Sure, why not? Um, well, you were, your $100 payment, say, what'd you buy? $100 payment, please. Is it a trike or something? <laughs> um, it's a uh, motorized bicycle. Yeah, exactly. With two flat tires, hundred bucks a month. Um, so uh, yeah, your your hundred dollars a month. By the time you you make your last payment, is probably going to be worth about sixty five dollars. Oh, the way things are that, going right that now, hurt, that hurts. And so, in effect, you know, assuming your wages rise at the end of the term, your payment is sixty five dollars. So yes, you have made a good bargain. Of course, you know, not paying any interest at all is the best way. Save sure. your money and sure. Anyway, yeah. Huh. Anyway. You know, uh, Judy and I have uh, helped managing our finances, our uh, uh, nest egg, that sort of thing. And uh, the the fellow, the folks we employ, I think very, very highly of. Uh, on the other hand, I asked him at some point, with the uh, mortgage rates so incredibly low and the stock market so hot, why don't I take out a uh, 2.9% uh, oh, home right. equity loan right. and put it in the market? And he said, and again, uh, I, I think very highly of him. Uh, he said, I have never given that advice in my career and never will. But I kind of wish I'd done it. Oh, yeah. Well, hey, I was talking to my dad about that. Uh, that clearly would have been a better idea if you had known five years ago that the stock market was going to go on such a roll. You don't want to pay down. Because I, I was paying double house payments to try to get my house paid down. That was a terrible idea. I was, I was doing double house payments to pay down a 3.5% loan while the oh. stock market was going up, you know, 15% a year. That's an exaggeration. but Yeah. So I was doing the prudent, smart person... You know, the, 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 the theories of economics of people coming out of the Great Depression. No, that was a bad idea. But you don't know these things ahead of time. Well, that's the crazy-ass economics of the 21st century, Jack, which is the title of my new quickie talk show host book. The book. crazy economics. The crazy-ass economics of okay. the 21st century. Look and that. it's going to have a, a donkey with a martini and a cigarette. <laughs> On the, it's kind of a, a, a double meaning of ass, you see. Gotcha. That's the cover. That's my tentative cover design. That'll be a hook right there. Oh, uh, yeah. And the monkey's going to be making it. Not the monkey, the donkey. He's going to be making it rain. Yeah, I might have some donkey strippers in the background. I don't know. So Again, the donkey's it's not making it rain for some dancing monkeys. Well, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. It was a slip of the tongue. Maybe it's brilliant. Thinking out loud is what this is. Yeah. Um. Yeah. There Crazy are things, yes, yeah, I like it. There are things happening on a moment by moment basis, really, in the whole Russia Ukraine thing. I read a really great piece over the weekend convincing me that this is important. If you're part of the crowd that says, "Who cares? Who cares? What it happened in 2014 didn't affect my life. Why would I care about this?" Um, I'm convinced that it does matter. I think it is going to have a serious effect on the world order, and not for the good. 
Uh, that and other things on the way. Our text line, as always, is 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. You're going to be shocked by this, but Vladimir Putin had a special meeting of his advisors on whether or not they should recognize these breakaway regions of Ukraine as separate entities that they need to support. His advisors said yes. Putin said he plans to make a decision today whether or not he's going to rescue those regions of Ukraine from the ongoing genocide. Gee, any of the online betting sites taking uh, action on that question? Because I got a, I got an idea. 
Uh, I heard somebody describe this as the most telegraphed major military maneuver in world history. Boy, it certainly is. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just it, it, because of modern technology, we can see all the movements of troops. Isn't it amazing that it wasn't that long ago that you would know some country was planning to invade you until they, they got close enough for you to see them. <laughs> right, right. You'd literally have to have a guy crouching in the woods, keeping an eye out for troops and then running home to say they're coming, they're coming. But not only do they, we have the technology to see it coming, but he, you know, he's making this transparently uh, obvious crazy argument for why he's got to do it and everybody knows it's a hoax but he's doing it anyway his own people don't know it's a hoax though i did read that over the weekend it went from uh a big story in russia to the only story on television in state media over the weekend it exploded into i think jennifer griffin was talking about this on fox it exploded into a just this is constant like you know, like the way the news was after 9-11 here, it was nothing but news on every channel all the time. That's the way it is in Russia right now. The ongoing genocide, the attacks on Russian um, uh, people, it's just a nonstop, this is a crisis, we need to do something right. from the state media. More on that uh, next hour. So my favorite swimmer, Leah Thomas, I saw she set the won her second race. I didn't hear about her other races. Did she end up winning all her races? I know because we announced on uh, Friday, thank God she won her first race and set a pool record, distancing the other competitors. She won her second race in the Ivy League championships over the weekend. I didn't see about the third race. Yeah, I've got, I've got that somewhere. I know she set uh, she won one race by three seconds. Which is like, I mean, that's crazy. It never happens. Right. Three tenths of a second is a is a trouncing. Three seconds is a joke. Yeah. So yeah, we we've got an update on that. We can give you some of those results, and it's just it's just absurd. Um, that's coming up. Plus the move to end jaywalking. The very concept of not that end jaywalking, but to to eliminate the concept. People. Let me quote Democratic Assembly member of California, Philip Ting. Everybody has the freedom to walk across the street without being worried about being cited or stopped. Jack, you can probably guess, jaywalking citations disproportionately impact people of color. This is the second time California has tried to eliminate the very concept of jaywalking or penalties for it. Last year, the half-wit governor actually uh, vetoed a similar bill. But it's seen as racist because more people of color get cited for jaywalking than white folks, apparently. So uh, how would this work, the whole people just randomly walking across? So is it going to be walker beware if you get hit, it's your fault? Or is it still on the driver? Because the current law is, if you don't know this, I tell my kids this all the time, if you hit anybody in a crosswalk, you're out of luck as a driver. Jack, to paraphrase Elton John from way back in the day, if you're looking for logic in this argument, you're searching for gold in a silver mine. Uh, You're not going to find it. There's absolutely not a shred of adult logic to this entire article slash discussion. So the idea is the the officer can only cite someone for jaywalking if there's an imminent threat of a collision. Otherwise, police should let people keep walking. 
And, of course, then the cops would be forced to define what an imminent threat of collision is and be careful as hell that they don't have too many people of color in, quote, unquote, imminent threat of a collision. Otherwise, they'll be called racist. Well, I, I doubt this happens a lot in San Francisco, but I could see how it could happen in some places where, where you could use it as an excuse to... Uh to frisk a lot of people or search them or detain them or whatever. I jaywalk all the time. I assume most people do. Um, if I'm uh, if I'm black and wearing a hoodie, am I likely to get stopped when I jaywalk? Whereas I'm a white guy in a suit, I'm not. I don't know that. Because I jaywalk uh, all the time. Yeah. But it would be yeah. a, good, a good excuse to stop somebody. I, I will tell you this. Uh, well... I, I just uh, the the one street where it's a problem in my life, jaywalking right by the radio ranch. It's like six, eight lanes divided, turn lanes, blah blah blah, and people sauntering across yeah. in generally in black clothing, not even looking right in the wee hours of the morning. And and it's not a lot of uh, white folks. That's it's probably a function of the neighborhood or something like that, but. You know, those people are all at imminent risk of dying, ruining my life, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, and you know, if you're breaking the law in a dangerous way, it doesn't matter what color you are. It shouldn't. Anyway, only guy I know who's got busted for jaywalking on that street, by the way, white fella. Yeah. White business fella. I don't know. Do you jaywalk? Sure. When I when it's convenient, when I need to, I look both ways, left, right, left, please. My kids, and you know me. I mean, my foot speed's amazing. My kids are hardcore. Not they don't they don't jaywalk. I'm always wanting to cross the street, just wherever we are. No, Dad, no, it's a crosswalk right there. Oh, you got to model better for your kids. Kids are <laughs> kids are worse at recognizing traffic, or or how long it's going to take a car to get there. I don't know, that scares me. Yeah. Uh, if you miss an hour of the show, you can grab it on the podcast at armstrongandgetty.com. Armstrong and Getty. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers.